Hi, and welcome again to Concepts for Living, Biblical Principles for Contemporary Living. I just believe that God has a word to be released into your spirit today as you listen to the message that I will bring in this Lenten season. Everything has been building up since Sunday all the way through a week long now, the resurrection. And so I'll be speaking in my theme, the implication of the resurrection. You see, we got to understand the implications of the resurrection. Number one, we need to understand it and we need to believe it because it's a fact. It's a fact. It's a fact. And, and you know what a fact is. A fact is an indisputable reality or reliable truth. It's a fact. History has recorded that fact. Just as it recorded when men put their foot on the moon. The resurrection is a part of world history. And you and I are part of this world. He became the first fruit of them that would sleep in the grave. But he also, he became the first fruit of those who would rise from the grave. He came forth, and because he came forth, we shall come forth. And so, death is not a dead end for the believer in the resurrection. Death is a living end to the believer. You remember when those women were coming to the tomb, going to visit Jesus to do for him as was the custom, bringing their spices. And they were wandering along the way. Read the Gospels and you'll find all of this. On the way, they were pondering, how are we going to move the stone? That's rolled before the door. The stone with the seal on it. How how are we going to. How are we going to accomplish that task. Uh, But when they finally arrived at the tomb. The angelic report. That was waiting for them. They observed that the stone was rolled away. The question is, who rolled the stone away? Who broke the seal? Bible says, and the Lord God sent an angel. And the angel came with such rush and hurry until it caused an earthquake. And the grave was open. And Jesus came forth. This is more than just a story, folk. This is a reality. Jesus came forth because the stone was rolled away. Can I pause here and say this? 
I want to say to everybody who has a stone that you're trying to move, a stone that you're wondering if you could possibly move it, whatever stone it is in whatever form, I want you to know that God is still able to send an angel and move your stones. See, you didn't get it. I've got to say it again. I'm saying that you may have a stone, something that's hemming you in, or you may have a stone that's keeping other things out. You just can't seem to get past the stone. God can move the stones. He's a stone-moving God. I don't care what your stone is today. I don't care. It may be economic. I don't know what your stone is today. It may be the fact that you feel as though you have been abandoned or that you don't have this and you don't have that. Wait a minute. God is still in the business. While you're pondering it, he can take care of moving the stones. Uh, I better go on from there. I want to say to you that he was not in the grave. That's why the angel indicated, he's not here. He's risen, as he said. Can you believe it? Because if you can believe it, then you can receive the blessing of the resurrection. The song poet, Thomas Kelly, invited us, come, ye saints, look here and wonder. See the place where Jesus laid. He has born. He has burst the bars asunder. He has borne our sins away. Yes, the Lord is risen today. Many religious leaders, I say again, have lived and they were honored and they died right. ours our leader lived and was honored and died but he lives again he lives beyond the grave Notice in Psalm 16, Psalm 16, let's, let's just look at that for a moment. Psalm 16, and just look at a couple of verses there, verses 9 and 10. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices, my flesh also shall rest in hope. This is, this, is, this is talking about the fact that even though I face death, even though I go into the grave, listen to this, my flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to suffer or see corruption. Oh boy. Oh boy. 
Well, but, 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 you know, no, no, no. There was no corruption. There was no rigor mortis that set in. There was none of that, none of that. There was, there was, look, look wait a minute, wait a minute. There, Jesus died and in the grave, hear me now, he would not see corruption, utter destruction. Hallelujah. He lives. No corruption. And the Bible says somewhere around 80, 30, he came out of the grave. And did he not? Did he not? I ask you that because for many, they don't see the fact that he did. And they're still questioning. Is that possible? Yes. Because with God, all things are possible. And certainly, as it relates to his son, he was not destined to see corruption, even though he was destined to die. He was not destined to remain in the grave, even though he was put in Joseph of Arimathea's brand new grave. Oh, but all of that is speaking not just of Jesus, but it speaks of what Jesus has done for us. So that whatever we go through, even death, the ultimate end is life. As always, we have three points to our messages. Number one, the fact of the resurrection. Number two, the factor in the resurrection and the factuality, the result of the resurrection. Stay tuned and be further blessed. And so I want you to note that the fact required a factor. What factor? What are you talking about? The word factor simply means a circumstance or influence that contributes to a result or outcome. A factor, if it's mathematical or it can be grammatical, it it, 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 it's saying something about that which is required or necessary to contribute to a certain outcome or result. Now, now, now the fact is he died and that he rose from the dead, but it's still now requiring the factor. What's the factor, pastor? The factor is that now something must be done to convince man that it is so. That it actually happened. And so, this is done so that the fact will be indisputable. Proven, if you please. How? By his appearance. One thing to say, oh, he's not here. 
He's risen like he said. Now, wait a minute. But where is he? Where is he? But the Bible says, when you read in Acts chapter 1, you may want to turn there, Acts chapter 1, and uh, you'll read that Jesus, after he arose, one of the first things that he did was to show himself. It was required of him that he appear. It's one thing to have, you know, the news that it happened, but what evidence do we have? Where's the evidence? And the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, let me just read verse 3. It says, to whom also he showed himself to be alive after his passion. The word passion simply means suffering. By many infallible proofs, being seen, being seen, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Go and read verse 4. And it says, And being assembled together with them, that's his disciples, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Now, what is happening here is that Jesus has appeared to his disciples. And he's appearing to them in a convincing way. By many infallible proofs. Indisputable proofs. Proofs that will stand up to the fact that he lives. And listen to what happened. He was speaking to them of things concerning the kingdom of God. Seeing for themselves. Because you see, some people have to see before they can believe. Even though for the believer... They don't have to see to believe. They believe to see. I'll leave that with you. Seeing with their own eyes. And that's why I, I, you know, I've been, I was so impressed when, when looking at these scriptures. Because I see that after Jesus rose from the dead, the very first thing that he wanted to do was to convince them. Knowing human nature, he wanted to show himself. So, listen to what happened. He showed himself <laughs> to Simon Peter. He showed himself to the ten apostles. He showed himself to the eleven. And remember, Thomas was not there. But he came back and showed himself to doubting Thomas and said, see my hands, see my feet, the wound, the marks. Can you see? And Thomas relented, saying, My Lord and my God. Then he went on to show himself 
to 500 at one time. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, read verse 6 down through 8, and you'll hear that Paul says he appeared to those 500, and he says, and to me also. Read it for yourself. And to me also. In other words, I saw him with my own eyes. Because the only uh, uh, the condition to be an apostle was you had to be one who saw the Lord with your own eyes. <laughs> uh, 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 but, but Paul said, I came late. Because I didn't walk with him on the Judean hills. I wasn't there with him. On the Mount of Transfiguration. I, I, I don't know about that. I, 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 all I know is that when he showed up, I saw him also. And made Paul a valid apostle. Forty days he showed himself. Isn't that something? Forty days he was tempted in the wilderness to be proven for his ministry. Now, 40 days after his resurrection, to convince them that he was indeed alive. Do you believe it? Can you believe it? Do you believe it? Can you believe it that Jesus Christ died? Buried and rose again. Hmm. Jesus said in St. John 16, 16, he says, now you see me for a little while and then you won't see me. John 16, 16, then he said, and you will see me. In other words, you see me for a little while and then after a while you won't see me because I go to my father. But you'll see me again. Hey, the same Jesus that you see go into heaven will come again. Hallelujah. He's coming back. And we'll see him. We, you and I, we will see him. But they in his day saw him. Jesus is alive. They are fortified in their conviction now. They are supplied with the convincing proof that he is indeed alive. The appearances of Jesus and his consultation with them gave them such drive, incentive, and motivation to go about and do what he said. That's why in Acts chapter 17, verse 18, it says, and they went about doing what? Preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Read it for yourself. What is their agenda? Preaching Jesus and the resurrection. Not mere philosophy. Or sociology, but Christology, speaking, preaching Jesus, 
This is the assignment of the church. This is the implication of the resurrection. Is that we are assigned now to preach the gospel. The good news of the resurrection. And to explain its implications. Listen to me, young preachers. It's your pulpit is not merely for you to put on the show or as some refer to it perform the creature feature in a worship service no it is to preach Jesus and the resurrection in all of its various forms and in all of its various contexts preach Jesus somebody still needs Jesus somebody still needs to know that death is not a dead end but death is a living end well I sincerely trust that you have been blessed and inspired by this word I hope a fresh appreciation for the implications of the resurrection has taken place in you because of this word. So until next time, when I shall come to you with more biblical principles for contemporary living, may God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.